0: Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former Amlaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself questioning why I work so hard to barely be squeezing life in? So that I wouldn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my terms from the inside out, which is what enabled me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating my way through the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness, and I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome to the Life and Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder, and I'm happy that you're here with me today. So today's topic, we are just going to dive right in. We are talking about how to be a highly valued associate. This is for you if you are an associate in a law firm, obviously, no matter what Level you're at. But it is especially appropriate for those of you who have just started out your legal career or are within your first couple of years and even mid and senior level associates. But I would say, hopefully, you've figured a lot of this out already if you're more senior. But some of this stuff isn't intuitive to everybody. And so I highly encourage you to listen in. And then also, if you are more senior, maybe you're a partner or of counsel. I think some of the, the steps, the things that I'm talking about in here are still relevant in some ways. Some of it really isn't going to be, but some of it actually is. So I encourage you to listen for yourself for that reason. And I also encourage you to listen so that maybe you can help manage the associate's underneath you, right? Because if you are more senior than you likely are in a management role of some sort, you have a team or you have at least a couple of folks who work with you. And this would be relevant to you as well. Also, for anybody who is in house or even not a lawyer, a lot of the things that I'm going to get into today are going to be relevant for you as well. This is really a great way to kind of figure out how can I be highly valued where I am right now in that current role and continually grow. Okay, so I want you to listen to the steps that I'm talking about today and think about how you can apply them to yourself and your firm, your company, wherever it is that you are, your group as well. Okay, so let's just get right to it. Number one, the first step is to determine what it is you actually want. This may sound really basic, but I find that a lot of people skip this step. They assume... They're supposed to follow a certain path, but they don't actually think about, is this what I actually want? And when you do that, you often don't get clear enough about what it is you specifically want. Maybe you do want that desired outcome, but you really want to think about it more strategically around you and your life and your wishes and your desires around what it is you want to accomplish, okay? So do you want to make partner? Do you want to become an expert in a specific area, kind of become that go-to person in your firm or company? Do you ultimately want to move on and go in-house? Maybe you're in a big firm, like a big law firm, and you've got a three to five year plan and you want to get out at some point and go in-house or get on the business side. I know plenty of attorneys who do that. Or maybe even start your own firm one day. What is it that you actually want? Maybe you just wanna make as much money as you can for the next three or five years and then decide what you actually want. Like, figure this out because it actually makes a difference as to what it is you need to do, what you should be focusing on because you're not gonna focus on exactly the same things depending on what your goal is. Now, I said three to five years for a reason. So let's say you're a mid-level associate and you're somewhere three, five, six years off from being made partner or at least being considered for partner. You do wanna start considering, okay, do I wanna make partner? Is that my goal? But let's say you're in your first, second or third year and it's beyond that, right? The next three to five years are really about growth and development. So you wanna think three to five years out because when you go too long, it just becomes unruly and very difficult. Now that doesn't mean that you can't first say, yeah, I think, I think I do want to make partner or I think I have these bigger goals, but that's that's like eight, 10 years from now. So that's great. Dial it back. Okay, so what do I want five years from now? Where do I want to be then? This allows you to be a little more strategic in what it is you're doing, okay? And then once you get to that place, then you can go out further, three years, five years, whatever makes sense for you. Hopefully this makes sense, okay? So step number one, (laughs) Determine what it is you actually want. Then we move on to step number two. You need to actually identify the steps that you need to take to get whatever it is that you want. And you want to break this down, okay? So do you want more money? Well, your billables are going to be key. You're probably not going to have to actually do business development. So how do you get more billables? Make partners happy, do really good work, be as helpful as you can, offer up, be a team player. Some of this is going to depend on where you are, who you work for, your firm culture, internal politics, and so on. So when you're looking at this item, okay, you don't just create your steps in a vacuum. What do I mean by that? Well, different places have different cultures have different requirements. So you want to think about what's the culture with where I am and what do I need to do in order to meet the goal I want within this culture, right? Who do I need to go to? What mentors might I need to have? Like, What are the steps that you need to take to help you better get what you want? But also, you got to think about the firm, the requirements of your firm along with the culture of your firm. And when I say firm, I'm talking about the overall firm and also the specific team or group that you happen to work with, who you work with the most, because there's, cult- there's different cultures within each, okay? And those are important because they kind of determine how they view you. And so it's really important to take those into account when you break this down and figure out, okay, what are my next steps? Maybe you wanna make partner, you need to know what it is that you're required to do to make a partner. And this is why I said, look three to five years out. You don't want to focus on every single thing you need eight, 10 years from now if you're a very young associate. That's ridiculous because you're nowhere near that and you're going to continually progress and the requirements will change as you go. So what you want to focus on is what do I need to be doing now, this next year or two? What are the steps I need to take? Break it down and be very specific about what those steps are. Now, you may be wondering, okay, so what does this have to do with being highly valued, especially if I don't want to make partner? Good question. So when it comes to whatever your ultimate outcome is, you are more likely to achieve the thing you want if you are valued, regardless of whether that be become a go-to expert in a particular area make partner, um, make as much money as possible. Because obviously to make as much money as possible, you've got to be valued or people are not going to give you the work that you need to get the billables that you need to make the money that you need. So next step, step number three, get to know the expectations, style, and personality of those people who you work for. Now I've already gone over like know the things that are expected, but Oftentimes, that's really, you're going into what's obvious, right? The obvious expectations, the things that are written out, the things that they give you that you have to satisfy the following things by the end of the year to be considered on track. There's more to it than that. You need to know what the expectations are of the partners, shareholders of counsel, and even senior associates, paralegals, the people whom you work for and with. And every single person has kind of a quirk of their own, uh, their own personality, their own expectations, their own style. Find out, figure out what that is. And the way to do that is number one, work with them. Number two, get to know them and ask questions. You wanna ask about specific issues that come up. You wanna pick their brain. You wanna find out what their pet peeves are. What do they not like? Ask those questions. When you've done work, and they correct it, and you're not quite sure why. You want to find out. Take them to lunch or coffee. Find out, okay? Ask simple questions about, do they want you to take calls from clients? If so, in what situations? When do you need to pull them in? Should you have them review your emails first? Now, that really shouldn't be happening if you're more senior, but when you're first starting out, sometimes partners will require that. What does each person you work for and with expect and want from you. And what do they not want from you, okay? And the best way to do this is to start working with people and then ask questions and pay attention to, you know, where they tend to make comments, stylistically, one of the things that I learned really early on in my career is that every single partner I worked for had a very unique style, writing style, and also how they treated their clients and how they reached out to them and whether they wanted their younger and mid-level associates to um, reach out to them and how, if they did, there was a very unique style and every single person was different. So you want to pay attention to those things because when you do You become a rock star. You become invaluable because they really trust you. This also means that you want to ask a lot of questions at the get-go, but then you want to follow up, right? So find out. Get feedback from them as you go and when you're done with things, especially when they change stuff, but even when they don't. Find out, you know, what did I do well? What did I not? Where can I work and don't just wait till your end of your review for that information. Now, caveat here. Some people do not like to give it. And you're just going to have to learn, unfortunately, by trying and asking. Some are more um, more okay with giving it upon occasion. Like, you don't want to be somebody who's constantly <laughs> there, like, yipping at them. They don't have time for that. One thing that I found worked really well for me when I was a young and mid-level associate was I would try to go at least every couple of weeks to lunch with every single partner I worked with regularly. I got to know them. I I you know, we would go to lunch, we would talk, you know, the the types of deals that we were working on at the moment, we would go through, hey, this issue came up, I want I had a question about it. That was really my time to pick their brain and get feedback from them. That I wouldn't otherwise have gotten. And so I encourage you to really get to know them and see, you know, maybe they don't like to go to lunch, but maybe every couple of weeks you can just sit down for 20 minutes and ask some questions or take them to coffee or something, right? Find ways to get that feedback. All right. So let's move on to the next step. Step number four is to create the right support network. So I'm talking about both legal and non-legal folks. Legal folks, it should include peers that you trust for venting and talking through things, even support staff who can help you navigate the personality traits and idiosyncrasies of each person you work for. One of the best resources I had my first three years was a paralegal who knew the personality traits and the really weird kind of what they did and didn't like, their writing styles, that type of thing for every partner I worked for. Because she had been in that group for many years and I could go to her and say, hey, so-and-so gave me this, what do you know about them? What is your advice? And she really helped me early on in my career. So I encourage you to not just look for peers and senior people. Yes, have them. They should be part of your network. You need peers. You also need more senior associates who are mentors. And then you want partners who are mentors, right? So you want somebody who's a couple of steps, maybe just one step even above you, not necessarily bigwigs, who you trust, who you can go to and get information from and get knowledge from and learn from. Okay, it's really important to have a really good support network because let's be honest, y'all, being a lawyer isn't always easy. It requires a lot of you. It's a lot of kind of mental magic that goes on where we're constantly questioning ourselves. We're challenging ourselves constantly. Other people are challenging you. It's hard. You need that support network. And then also have non-legal people in your support network as well, right? It can't always be about your work and the law. You need to keep your sanity. So have a really great support network that you can pull from always. Okay, so that's number four. Let's move on to step number five. Step number five is be assertive about the right things while staying true to your role in what, when, and how. So let me give you an example to show you what I'm talking about here. Let's say that you need something from a client. You need it to move on to a next step. The partner you're working for knows this and has told you go get it from them. But they haven't yet sent it to you and you've asked a couple of times. You need to know how to reach out to them the right way. And it really depends on the partner that you're working for, their idiosyncrasies, their requirements, their expectations, et cetera. Some are going to say, go right to them and just keep nagging them. Pick up the phone. Ask them. Do whatever you can. Don't come bug me unless you've tried every possible thing you can. Others are going to say, don't ever reach out to them. Come to me first, right? So understand who to go to to be assertive in your role. You have a role to play. You are supposed to get this thing from the client. What When and how is the best way to do that? Understand that and then be assertive in that way, okay? Let's give you another example. Let's say that you're a third or fourth year and you see something that looks wrong. You've done this before. You did it with another partner recently and it's wrong. It's a mistake. You're worried about that and you want to make note of it, but you're not quite sure how to bring it up, right? Or – Maybe you're worried about missing a deadline. You're getting close and you feel like maybe the partner you're working for has forgotten about the deadline. Here's the deal. It is your job to raise these issues. You cannot just let it, let it be. It is not all on the partner, okay? It's on you. You must be assertive. But you got to navigate it carefully, <laughs> okay? You got to remember your place in how, when, what, Okay? How and what you say, how you say it, and when you do it. Because you are not peers with these partners or shareholders. You are below them. Yet it is still your job to raise this as an issue. Okay? And here's the deal. If you didn't catch it, and you're supposed to, they're going to think that you're not doing your job either. Even if you did catch it, but if you didn't bring it up, right? So you want to think of partners, shareholders, senior associates even, people who are well above you, yours, that are senior to you and overseeing you. They are your clients. And so this is your opportunity to learn how to be tactful in how you approach a client. Go to them and say, hey, I noticed this and had a question. I don't know everything here. You know more than me, but I just wanted to raise it. Hey, the deadline is next week. And I want to make sure that I have done everything I need to do to help make everything come together in time, right? There is a way to approach them to make them aware without challenging, without overtly saying, you did something wrong. You are missing something. You need to learn this. This is really important. Not only is this a skill that will make you much more valued within, but it is a skill you're going to need as you become more senior. And handle clients. And create your own book of business. And even if you do not have that plan, at some point, you will be dealing with people where you need to have more tact. You really do now, right? You want to learn this. And you want to learn it the right way. So if you're not sure how to approach, this is where your support network, that last step, comes into play. And is really, really important. Because you can go to them quickly. Don't take too much time, right? You need to raise these issues in a timely manner and ask questions and brainstorm and talk about, well, how best to approach this. So step number six, you want to be a learner. Your first three to five years of practice are basically a continuation of your education. You do not know how to practice law Not in your area yet, not in any way yet. Law school taught you how to think and analyze things like a lawyer, but you do not know the business, the industry, or how to apply all of those things within the business and the industry. And you need more knowledge, information, and experience that you only get, I hate to break it to you, through practice. And the partners, shareholders you work for, the of counsel, the senior attorneys are your lifeline to that knowledge it is incredibly important for you to understand that because you need to start learning how what you're doing fits within the bigger picture. The role that you're playing is super important and you need to understand that and regard it with the respect that it deserves and not try to jump over and do a bunch of things that you're not really ready for. I saw this a lot as, frankly, an associate And those those fellow associates who were like that usually did not make it to partner, by the way. They didn't work out very well. And also, even if they didn't want to make partner, they didn't learn as much. As an associate, you're still learning how everything fits together. You're not going to start with the advanced stuff for a reason. You need to stair-step it. And if you don't do that, you're never going to become a good lawyer. The other thing I want to make very clear here is you're not expecting to know everything. You're not expected to be perfect. You are expected to do the best you can, but that doesn't mean perfection and that doesn't mean you won't ever make mistakes because you are a human being and you don't know it all. Be honest about what you don't know. Be honest when you realize you have made a mistake. Never, ever, ever cover something up or try to hide it. That is malpractice. So when you figure out you didn't do something correctly or maybe you didn't have all the right information and so it messed something up, you need to go deal with it quickly. Now, sometimes that means you take an hour to read through, help you better understand what you were doing, and then go address it to say, hey, I have a proposed solution. But you never want to put it off long at all because then that looks like a cover-up in and of itself, okay? And the other thing I'd say here – and. I saw this a lot when I was practicing, and I still see this. I think there is this, and it's not all your fault as an associate. It's the way the market has kind of been rigged because of billable rates and salary increases. There is this intense pressure to always be billing, right? But some things are not billable, and you might need to take some time Maybe every week, a couple of hours a week even, to read through some materials that you can't build for so that you can better understand the industry that you're trying to practice in or a type of law. Like back when I practiced, when I was a young associate, I tried to read everything I could so that I could understand the business A lot of what I did early on was energy finance and I knew nothing about it. And so I had to go learn the business so that I could understand what we were even talking about and what was important to the companies that we were opposite because we often represented lenders and why they cared about some of the provisions that they cared about so that they could just do their business, right? And then when I later had to pivot my practice and I had to learn new things. And so that is extra time you do not bill for. But it is still valuable to you because it will make you a better lawyer. It will improve the bottom line in the long term. And you're really selling yourself short if you don't allow for that learning time. So always think of yourself as a learner. And I started off saying, you know, you don't know much. Even as you grow and learn more, there's always something that can be learned. Always, no matter how senior you are. You might be practicing for 25 years and you're still learning new things. Okay. So, if you have this mentality to begin with, it's really going to help you become the best lawyer you can possibly be. All right. So, step number seven take ownership of your career. You need to be proactive for yourself. So, there are likely some core competencies that you are required to address, right? By the end of year one, you should have X done. By the end of year two, this. By the end of year three, this. A lot of firms have these in writing. Find out what they are and be proactive about addressing them. If you're not given the opportunities, you've got to ask. Sometimes you have to do work for people you don't traditionally work for, okay? Be proactive. It might mean... That you take on some pro bono work to get some of the core competencies met because it's just not happening within the work that is in your firm at that time. The other thing I would say, and I mentioned this before, but this is also where feedback comes in. You do want to ask for feedback regularly. You don't just want to wait to the end of the year and have something kind of come as a surprise. You want to ask for work from people that you actually want to work with, right, because they're interesting, their work is interesting, you want to learn more, For whatever reasons, ask. Don't be afraid to go in and offer up yourself to do new things. Create space for yourself if you want. It is never too early to stand out in new and interesting ways, including non-legal ways. So I had a podcast episode not long ago uh, where I interviewed Allison Stewart. She is an associate at Greenberg-Troreg who started her own podcast because she – really saw a need for a specific type of podcast that wasn't being met in the legal industry and she wanted it out there. And it has opened up new doors for her. That episode is um, how to create your own success for yourself. And then there's another episode around how to be more influential. Highly recommend you go listen to both of those because those are going to teach you how to be more proactive for yourself as well. Okay, step number eight, and this goes without saying, but we do need to say it. Deliver great work product, (laughs) right? Pay attention when you're in meetings. Ask questions if you're not clear about what the assignment is. Understand what your audience wants and actually deliver it. And then do not be sloppy. No grammatical or spelling errors. Be detail-oriented. Read through everything. This is a pet peeve of mine. Print everything out and read it. You actually do not catch as many errors when you're looking on a screen as you do on paper. Don't give it to a partner if you don't think it's great work product. Don't give it to a client if it's not great work product. If you have questions, ask. If you're not sure, ask. Always. Okay? When it comes to asking, make sure you go through the right people first. Sometimes you don't need to go to the head of the section that's overseeing the whole project. You need to go to a senior associate or at least go through the right people. And if they don't know, then you go up the ladder. The other thing I would say is style matters too. That is part of the quality when it comes to handing in a project. What your client wants stylistically, what the partner wants stylistically really does matter. I know I talked about this earlier, but this is a big deal. Everybody does have a different writing style, presentation style, etc. Not your own. Learn how to mimic their style the way you need to, so that they feel it's really great work product. And just note that you are going to develop your own style on your own over time. And at some point, you will become senior enough where you get to have that style pretty much all the time. But when you are a low to mid-level associate, it's not time to to really bring out your own style. And in fact, you're still developing that, okay? All right, so let's move on to step number nine. Have boundaries. Here's the deal, y'all. You're never gonna reach your goal of being a great lawyer, learning what you want, making the money, making partner, starting your own firm, doing all these things that you want, whatever it is, if you're not taking good care of yourself. And I have... Other episodes around taking care of yourself that I want you to go listen to, okay? Because this is really important. You need some boundaries. You need some time. You need to be able to put yourself first from a health, mental, and physical health perspective. And as part of that, I encourage you to download my free resource, 5-Minute Stress Solutions, because it's not just about decreasing stress in the moment it's about learning how to calm your mind no matter what learning how to really take care of your mind mindset your mentality and it starts there that's where self care starts y'all it starts with that and self care can be incredibly simple much simpler than you think but you're never going to do it and you're never going to be able to create real boundaries if you don't start with that mentality piece so Go download 5-Minute Stress Solutions and make sh- sure you understand how to create real boundaries, okay, real boundaries, and how to take care of yourself. And I also have an episode around boundaries, so I will link to that as well because boundaries are more than just saying no, and there is definitely an art of saying no, and I covered both of those in a previous episode, so go listen to it if you haven't listened to it yet. Okay. Okay. Now we get into the final step. Step number 10 is keep track of where you are. Make sure that you're self-assessing along the way. Because how are you going to get what you want if you're not on the right path? And how will you know if you're on the right path or not if you're not assessing yourself? So check in with yourself monthly and make sure you're doing the things that you set out to do. Make sure that you're taking those steps that you set out to take. Make sure that the path that you're on is actually the path that will get you what it is you determined you wanted in the first place. This is about keeping track, measuring, pivoting when necessary so that you do not get wholly distracted because, y'all, it is super easy to do, right? Life gets in the way. Work gets in the way. The next thing we know, eight months have gone by and we've hardly done a thing that relates to the thing we actually wanted. Okay. So those are the 10 things that you need to do if you want to be a highly valued associate and if you want to get the things that you actually want. I do encourage you to go listen to the couple of podcasts that I mentioned earlier. I will be sure to have those in the show notes. And there's an additional one that I haven't mentioned yet, how to get what you want. It's important to have the right mindset to be able to do the things that we've talked about today. So I encourage you to go listen to that one as well. I will put that in the show notes. And do not forget to download 5-Minute Stress Solutions because it's not just about decreasing your stress. It's about creating the right mentality, y'all, so that you can go out and do the things that you want to do. All right. That is it for this week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life & Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow and or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life & Law, including the Life & Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.